With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. How excited are you about the Porsche news? Porsche I'm news. super excited, actually. Yes. It is the Porsche 718 Cayman and Boxster GTS 4.0. It's the same engine, the Boxer 6, the flat mm-hmm. 6, yep. as the GT4 and Spider. only it's slightly detuned. You don't get as like 15 or 20 horsepower somewhere in there. Sure, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, for a lower price, you still get a manual transmission, bigger brakes, sport chrono, and 400 horsepower. You know what this is? This is, oh. you remember when the, the 991 GT3 came out? No manual. Mm-hmm. And everybody mm-hmm. lost their mind. And at the refresh, they offered a manual. This is the second yeah. time in recent history that Porsche proved that when people freak out, they respond. So this is yes. the flat yes. six going back in the Cayman and Boxster. And I'm going to say something I've said to you before. And now yeah. I think it is going to happen. Okay. Two or three years from now, the best bargain in sports cars is going to be a turbo four-cylinder Porsche, Cayman, or Boxster. Yeah. They're going to be like chiclets. It's going to be, how how many would you like to buy, sir? For sure. It'll be brand new MX-5, or for half the money, I could buy it old. I could buy a four-cylinder, nobody wants it, Boxster. The four-cylinder GTS, and I'm not the Porsche guy, but the four-cylinder GTS is phenomenal. It's brilliant. It's, it's a, a brilliant fantastic car. car to drive. I agree. And I think even the little lowly two-liter, two uh, nobody wants it turbos, are going to the become, entry level yes, came are going to become tuner babies. I can see that. It's just I got 400 horsepower out of my little flat flat four, and I got it for 15 grand, and now it's blown up. But who do I? Who cares? Absolutely. I think those are going to plummet. Does anybody remember the Cayman T and Boxster T, the lightweight versions that was just yet another version of the mm. two that exists right now? And yeah, now, yeah, yeah. then it was the Cayman GTS, and now it's the 4.0 Cayman GTS. Wow. And Porsche is democratizing the manual transmission because everybody was thinking, oh, the manual's going away. That's why you have the brilliant PDK. Nope. They brought it back. Don't worry, everybody. They'll make more. It's going <laughs> to be fine. But yeah, they brought the six-cylinder back, and it's not just the GT4 and Spider, not just the special yeah, yeah, yeah. expensive cars for about ten grand less, which is well, but I mean, not much in Porsche land. You're still spending you the better. Buy the GTS. You're going to spend a hundred grand before you blink. Oh yeah, because you're going to option it up with blink. all the stuff, yes. and it's going to be very expensive. But yes. still, that means these cars will exist as used cars. But somebody's mm-hmm. got to buy them new first. So if you can buy them new, but I come back to the fact then that we can these have them turbo fours oh, yeah. are going to plummet. Mm-hmm. And be bargains until all of us enthusiasts go turbo for Porsches, and then they'll then they'll bounce. They'll bounce for sure. But <laughs> for sure. it's not. Yeah, it, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be the nine twelves of the nine eleven lineup. Oh, I, well, nine twelves are starting to come back, so that's not they're exactly. Com- but they're a slap coming in the back. Face. They're coming back because the nine elevens went stratospheric. Yes, but, true. But it's the true. it's the also ran of the Cayman and Box lineup, and they're brilliant to drive. They don't have an interesting engine. They're brilliant to drive. I think the engine anyway. is just fine, and if you can get past the engine note, I can. I've proved it. I, <laughs> I'm all about it. And then, yeah, it'll be Caymans for everybody, which I love. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Happy Friday, by the way. Hey, tomorrow is episode three of season six. We're calling it Pacatel. That is the Porsche Experience Center Atlanta. Yes, the acronym. The, their acronym is Pacatel. We were there. Uh, this, honestly, I have to go ahead and put this out there. This is the fastest we've ever shot an episode. 
by far. And we've shot episodes quickly. We have before. shot episodes quickly. I mean, Moab was shot quickly. Others were shot quickly, just based on the length of we the spent experience. Double the time at Moab. Isn't that nuts? No, here's what happens. When you go to the Porsche Experience Center, you have a 90 minute experience, okay? Mm-hmm. Whatever car it is you got, you're in that car for 90 minutes. Paul and I took a 90 minute swath, chopped it in half, and swapped halfway through. Yeah, swapped the experiences, yeah. And our shooters, were, we just pulled them aside and just said, John, Ben, uh, you have 45 minutes at each event, go. And then as <laughs> soon as the that was running. done, we ran around the the facility there to find a place to shoot the clothes yeah. and had that done in a ha- under a half hour. So we shot it. By the way, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this is a what not to do. <laughs> we, sure. we, we shot sure. a TV episode in two hours. But I'm very excited about how it turned out. It was actually quite a bit of fun. And then we went to dinner with all of you that came to the meetup, which was also really cool. Yeah, it was. It was. So that it's is great. actually coming out uh, – Happy Friday. It's coming out tomorrow morning on Motor Trend. And then next week, just so you know, is the only rerun of this of this new lineup will be the middles. But this episode, uh, season three uh, – pardon me, season six, episode three is Pacattle. Very excited. And there's three more coming too. Yeah, for sure. And a big, big thanks to all of our sponsors the title sponsors Covercraft, as you know, and Griot's Garage Car Care. And with the code EVERYDAY, you can use the code 10% off your order. So you can get uh, car, car covers, you can get seat covers, you can get everything that they offer for both these companies. Mm-hmm. But we, what we have added, and you've heard me talk about this before, is Haggerty Insurance. And yeah. We're very, very excited to partner with them as well. And uh, lots of news coming from Haggerty, too. We're, uh, we're like I said, just, just thrilled to have all three sponsors on board. And... It brings the show to you guys, so and we appreciate your patronage. Yes, thank you guys for actually using those codes because those sponsors are paying attention. Also, while we're on TV stuff, you should know that episode one of season six, this is the super comparison episode, it should be, it, it should be, I feel fairly confident. How, how, how oh, much am I easing my way in? It's still chewing through the it's, Amazon. It's chewing its way through network. Amazon approvals. So between yeah. now, I'll put it this way, between now and next podcast, next Tuesday, it should be on Amazon. It will also drop on Vimeo, and then the other ones will start ticking away and, and trickling out. So we are trying to get you guys closed down closer to when the premieres are on Motor Trend. If you do have Motor Trend, thank you for watching it there. We really are noticing and appreciating your comments. Yes, host jackets are still available through the end of January 2020, mm-hmm. and this is because it's cold outside. So if you would like a host <laughs> jacket like uh, uh, very similar to the ones Todd and I wear on camera. Mm-hmm. You can go to our webpage first, and right in the middle, there's the store tab. So everydaydriver.com, you find the store, and then you click that. takes you right to the Amazon store. And also on there are the the Pickle Fork Company T-shirts. They're so cool. And the Ask Me About Cheap Phaetons T-shirts. Which I happen to be wearing right this year. Yes, you are. Really You're wearing like it right it. now. The Pickle Fork shirt, shirt is brilliant. It's one of those shirts <laughs> that the longer you look at it, the funnier it gets. And I highly recommend that to everybody. It's just fun humor. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of Griot's first customers were collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. And they're a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care style directly from Griot's. We've used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years, and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and their website and starter kits that will help your car look its best. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products are made right here in the USA. They offer 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, Use the code every day for 10% off your order. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. 
great debates from uh, a couple of you writing to us. First of all, Rob from somewhere asks us, why not Infinity? Somewhere there's a Rob, but he's wondering about Infinities. Yep. (laughs) He is. He's uh, been following the show a few years, and he's car shopping now. Notices we don't talk about Infinity except for the last podcast on our series about best cars, best manufactured cars. We did spend a little bit of time. But he's interested in the Red Sport, the Q50 Red Sport 400, so we will cover that. Very cool. And then we've also got another debate here. Let's see here. It's uh, Destin writing to us from Louisiana. And uh, he has negative equity on the family Mercedes-Benz, so now what do we do? There's a long discussion coming in there, and that should be cool as well. Plus, oh, the questions. Uh, We will have to cover many of them. Uh, There's a lot of really good ones. Great ones. All right, so we're jumping in. Rob? Thank you for writing to us. You've got a long story, but he's consistently listened to the last few months of podcasts. Thank you. And noticed this obvious lack of discussion and love for Infinity products. Mm -hmm. He said that we have strong negative feelings about Nissan in general. (laughs) I I don't know if I would categorize it that. I think we we love a lot of Nissan cars and a lot of Nissan products. I mean, Todd had a 300ZX that Mm -hmm. he still misses. Yes. So I wouldn't categorize it quite that strongly, but we are wondering what's next from Nissan. We don't like CVTs. And the good cars in their lineup. And Nissan's <coughs> not the only people who build they CVTs. Aren't. They are. The good ca- cars in their lineup just that don't have CVTs. an equal sign between CVT and Nissan. We've just- because that's everything, but I think two of their cars, the GTR and the Z car, yeah. don't have CVTs. Do their trucks? Their trucks don't. And, well, their trucks don't. Okay, fine. I'm talking cars. All right. But uh, CVTs for everyone. They have democratized the CVT, and that's not something that needed to happen. And <laughs> then they've let you. their two sports one cars languish, which yeah. is really tragic. We hope for, for good things there. Infinity is one of those things. And I want to, I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast, and the best term I have is either uh, – is probably just talk about it as a term of a blind spot. Okay. Not because we feel like you must stay away. But there are cars in every market segment that exist on this show that don't get talked about a lot because there is a better car in the same market segment. True. So it doesn't True. mean that the car not getting mentioned is categorically bad. Often when they're categorically bad, those we mention too. It's the ones in yes. the middle yes. that often don't get discussed because we're going to talk about the standouts in the category and not the ones just below that level. Infinity mm-hmm. gets overlapped by all the other things that play in the market segment. And then they gave themselves points against – by deciding to uh, not connect the steering wheel to the drive wheels and just doing yeah. steer by wire, which made – I mean, you think steering – you think uh, – have you ever been in a car and thought, this has video game steering? Get an Infinity and recalibrate that because <laughs> that's the, t- the bad thing. When you can use the center stack, the menu selector to digitally select the feel of your steering wheel, this is bad. This is not what enthusiasts look for. I don't know who at Infinity decided this was going to be a good idea, but it did differentiate them. It, it makes them different. For better or worse. Here we are being different. It yep. did make them different. And so I have driven the Q60, and I came away liking it. Mm-hmm. The problem is you look across the rest of the cars available, and you think, well, yeah, why, why wouldn't I go with the, anything else? You know, BMW or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, driven in a vacuum, they're good. But I do maintain that Infinity is the most well-positioned of all car manufacturers mm. To change the entire perception about themselves. Sure, yeah. What is an Infinity corporate look? Excellent point. I, I don't really know. What is the Infinity ethos? Not sure. They just try to be Lexus. <laughs> what is the Infinity? You know, keep asking these questions and you think, well, they could just wipe away all the J30s yeah, and yeah. The, all that stuff from their past. They could wipe away every Q model now, come up with something amazing and cool, and then we'd be, we'd all be saying, sweet. Infinity. 
You yeah. found yourself. Yeah. I, I do have to say that having seen both a Q50 and a Q60 on the road, like just randomly in the wild when I wasn't expecting it, those cars look really good in the wild. They look genuinely really good sure. in the wild. Yeah. And, and yeah. they have kind of flamboyant styling that when you see it, I feel like on the car show floor, you kind of go, Is that, does that work? So it was cool to have seen some in the wild and been like, no, no, actually it does work. These are ultimately, these are good rear-wheel drive cars, the Q50 and the Q60. We've driven variants of both, okay? They're good rear-wheel, rear-wheel drive cars. They are alternatives to the Germans in the same way that the Lexus is. I think they try to be a little bit more driver-focused in theory than the Lexus products, except for that steering feel problem. You can get them in rear-wheel drive, which is awesome. They do benefit from Nissan's good engine lineup, because there's some good okay, engines there. Fair enough. Yeah. The problem with the Infiniti sedans, and I'm going to go right to the Red Sport, that 400 horsepower is fascinating. It's a three-liter engine with twin turbos. It's got 400 horsepower. Mm-hmm. By the way, where's that in a Z car? I had to go there. Yeah. But so, so that's interesting. But ultimately, you have a rear-wheel drive chassis from about five, six years ago with an interior to match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the rest of the market has moved on. While that, I, I think you're intrigued by that 400 horsepower because you go, 400 horsepower for not much money. I can get that used. Nobody has one. I get that. The problem is, while I think you'd enjoy that car, what I have for you is drive homework because I think you need to drive other stuff around it and see if you come back to the Infinity. Interesting. Well, Rob has had a lot of cars, starting with a 1982 blue Mitsubishi Montero. That was his dad's car when he got his learner's permit, all the way through a white Ford Ranger. He had a red Jeep Cherokee. Notice he included the colors, especially for you. Thank you for that. Colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a Pontiac Grand Prix, white Mitsubishi Galant. He also got married while he had a Ford F-150 mm-hmm. and then traded the F-150 on an 05 Honda CRV for her. Yep. And then throughout you know, a series of you know, things happening in life, his wife split up uh, with him. He and his wife split up, and then uh, he got remarried, had a couple more kids. So he's got a large growing family, and he's got needs. Mm-hmm. He had a silver Dodge Durango Citadel. Wow. Yeah. A Citadel. You don't see those. Don't see them often. It's pretty cool, though. Dark gray Honda Accord Coupe EX. That was a 2007. But right now, he said his wife doesn't know how to drive stick, and they occasionally swap cars if he needs her SUV to run errands, so the manual transmission's completely out. Unfortunate, but okay. Get now, it. Get it. he'd love yep. to teach her, but that's just fine. <laughs> she has said, I do not want to be taught this. Pretty much. <laughs> At that point, fine. you just go, and we're moving on. We're out of that. He also learned from the Gallant and the Accord that underpowered four-cylinder engines do not make Rob happy. True. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, I can't say that. Any of us are happy with that. Well, but yeah, but now, but now we're in the land of turbos and fours, and things can we change. We yeah. are. He's got a budget of twenty to thirty thousand dollars, mostly shopping twenty eighteens, and would prefer under thirty thousand miles for a sedan okay. that gives him a lot of flexibility for family. Mm-hmm. It gives him commute assistance. But remember, he brought up this Infinity Q fifty Red Sport. He's intrigued with this mm-hmm. for various reasons that we've heard, some internal, some unknown. The product life cycle or just the development cycle for Nissan products takes longer than most car companies for their investment for a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on. So that's kind of why you mentioned kind of an older platform. They're Mm -hmm. a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, if they just now made the jump, that's great. That puts them kind of in the lead again, if you know what I mean, as far as tech, amenities, chassis dynamics, all that stuff. But then time passes and it's Mm -hmm. it's this leapfrog thing and they're not invested as you know, kind of keeping up with that as other companies are. So, therefore, I don't recommend the Red Sport. It's still on sale. I, Like I said, you could just wipe away their entire website full of cars and think, let's start fresh. Hmm. Okay, all right. There's other things to experience here, and I think 
I've got the car for you, Rob. Do you? Wow. He's obsessed with the app Waze, so he'd prefer an Apple CarPlay something equipped, even though you can upgrade just about any car. But Almost, that yeah. That aside. So I'm looking at a Turbo 4 for you. Okay. Don't worry. It's not underpowered. All right. Good. First of all, you had the Kia Stinger GT on your list. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this is an uphill battle with your wife, and she doesn't like the name or the badge, but they do know somebody with a Telluride, so there's a chance. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> there's also the Genesis G80 on your list. Saw that. Saw that. How about the car in between those two, which is the Genesis G70? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I went shopping, Rob, found you a 2019 rear-wheel drive 2.0 with the advanced package, 6,300 miles, which tells us it was a demo. Mm-hmm. $29,000 in that Adriatic blue color. Oh, that's good. Now, this car has 252 horsepower. By the way, you can get it with manual transmission, which bumps the power to 255. Nevertheless, 260 pound-feet of torque. And what Hyundai has done, Genesis has done, is reduced the turbo turbine wheel size, as their marketing brief says, to hasten, spool up, and approve <laughs> low in torque. Therefore... A number can sound fine. That Infiniti Red Sport 400 sounds like awesome, 400 horsepower. It very much depends on how that car makes its power. Now, that car is twin turbo, so it's probably going to be very quick, very fast. Plenty powerful, yes. But this, Hyundai's thinking about that. Genesis Mm -hmm. is thinking about this. They want you to feel this snap off the line. Mm -hmm. The cars are geared that way, and so are the engines. So, this eight-speed automatic offers rev match and gear-holding tech. The car also has what they call RMDPS, which is an acronym for the Motor Driven Power Steering, but they've thought about this to provide a more precise steering feel, which is exactly what Todd and I figured, and that's what we love about the car. Mm -hmm. So how about this? You can get an LSD. I don't know if the mechanical LSD is on this car that I found, but twenty nine grand for a 2019 Genesis G70? Yeah, it's crazy. Delightful. I love that it's on your list because it's on mine as well. That's the car for you. I can see it. I can see it. Twenty and, and yeah, forget the Infinity. Let them do their thing over here. It's on my list for drive homework. I love that G70. I, and, I, and honestly, I could totally see him buying that car. I think that, that Rob would be very happy with that. I, I want to unpack one car he owned real quick. Okay. He owned a 2004 black Pontiac Grand Prix GT hmm. and said that it was the first car he ever drove where he just thought, wow, this is awesome. First fun sedan he ever drove. Rob, I'm going to back your play there. I had one of those in the early 2000s for a few weeks as a rental car. No kidding. And I remember thinking, this is great. This is really surprisingly dynamic. I, I, I expect It was a rental. I expect it to be just kind of like, oh, whatever, bland. And thoroughly enjoyed it. My wife and I did actually Los Angeles Crest to go climbing in it a few times. And at that point, we had our, it was because we had our Yukon in the shop. Oh, And it was revolutionary. I couldn't believe how well it handled and how fast I could go and how good it was. On a car, last car I expected. Hmm. Two thoughts for you, though, Rob. You have a list. The other fun thing on your list, we actually didn't mention it, was you owned a Mini Clubman S manual for a while. But what's fascinating about your list is you have not owned a rear-wheel drive sedan. Hmm. And also you say you want power. Right, that is missing. The Pontiac Grand Prix GT had 200 horsepower. And about as much torque. You're kidding me. Yeah. So <laughs> think about GT car. think about that perspective for a second, Rob, and how you and I both liked that car. Now let's go modern dynamics, 
rear wheel drive, yeah. modern tech, and a four cylinder with turbo power that gets you far more than that Grand Prix could ever create. That is the Genesis G70. Mm-hmm. It I gets it that. done on all of that. Plus, you've got Apple CarPlay. I have other things I want you to drive. And honestly, Rob, I'm going to say to you if you decide the Infinity's for you, fine. It's a rear wheel drive, sports sedan with good power. But I don't want you to go buy that car until you've driven a bunch of other things. I want you to drive, find one because they're hard okay. to find. Okay. Find one and drive it. But I think you need to drive it, not in a vacuum. You so far are in a vacuum of rear-wheel drive sedans. Drive others. Come back around and decide, is that 400 horsepower the thing that pushes you over the edge? I don't know that that's necessary. Right. Is that the holy grail thing? I, of, I totally agree. Buying. So that's in the, in, the, in the mix. But I also think you need to drive the Chevy SS. Okay. You can get that yeah. in automatic with MagnaRide. Now, that is not Apple CarPlay equipped, and I dug in a little bit today. It's got, like, the Chevy MyLink system that is apparently not easy to swap out for Apple CarPlay. You're going to have to look into it a bit. Perfect. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Good Let's job, Chevy. But, but drive a Chevy SS, automatic six-speed with the, uh, um, the MagnaRide, and a ton of power. Mm. Honestly, if you said to me right now, in Infinity uh, 400 without Apple CarPlay or Chevy SS without Apple CarPlay, Chevy wins. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. So drive okay. that car. Drive the Genesis G70. And, yes, drive the Alfa Romeo Giulia. That car crossed my mind. Yeah. If you need paddles, you're going to need to get the sport flavor of mm-hmm. it. Just mm-hmm. the regular TI just has the center stick, and it does not have paddles. So if that is a requirement for you, you're going to mm-hmm. have to upgrade. You're going to have to find that car. They exist. It might be a little bit more expensive, so you're yeah. just going to have to shop wisely. And then I have one other one that's kind of an outlier because I don't think it's quite good enough fun-wise, but it could do everything else. You want to have reliable. You said you want to have decent power. You want to be able to fit a lot of kids in the back. You still want a sedan, sports sedan. You could go shop, but I think you should, while you're doing your drive homework, this is what you need to do, man. Drive a Lexus GS with the F-Sport pack. We're a little bit bigger now. That's bigger, heavier. But you can get a big 5-liter in that car Yeah, a lot of power. Hmm. I feel like that might do what the Infinity does, but better. If that's kind of where he's going, which is why I put that in there. Sure. So that's my drive homework sure, for you, Rob. Hopefully something in there helps you out. He says he does road trip a couple hundred miles a few times a month for work, so that would be pretty comfortable for Absolutely. sure. Yeah, if it's a lot of kids and we're traveling, I can see that. Meanwhile, Infinity is between college and their first job. As a company, they're just sort of traveling the world and backpacking around the world and trying to find themselves. You might not be buying a car right now, But you're probably still looking. We're all looking all the time, and it seems like there's always a new place to search. That's why we love Autotempest.com. With Autotempest, you can only enter your search one time and see results from Cars.com, eBay, and many more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Your same search on a new site. So if you're looking for fun or you need a car right now, don't search all over. Start at Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. We're back with Destin from Louisiana. He is writing in because he follows the show. He's been following the show for a while. They have cars they like, but the problem is they're uh, they're five thousand dollars the wrong direction mm. on their Mercedes. We do know where Destin's from. He's in Louisiana. Yep, and he's got the predicament of this 2012 Mercedes Benz GLK 350. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the uh, we don't really know what we want to do phase with Mercedes. They've since figured themselves out for sure, in a big way. But that awesome particular. Right CUV SUV, although fine, mm-hmm. I don't feel was ever a styling standout. I never felt it was like, wow. Very very tactfully put, Paul. Is that too much? Sometimes tactfully. I can't control very, my model. Very tactfully put. They're 5,000 in the hole. They need something new and more reliable to drive their beautiful six-and-a-half-month-old baby girl in. Congratulations on your yeah. growing family. 
The Benz is reaching a point where potential expenses coming combined with the negative equity are almost giving him nightmares. Yeah. If you have a six six and a half month old, you have plenty of things that can keep you up at night, including her. So let's not add to that by what's happening with this car. Trust me, that's not fun. All right, he's got a 2014 Focus ST, absolutely loves it, but he says by the looks of it, he could make around six or $7,000 if he sold or traded it in right now. Okay, okay. That profit could take care of the negative equity in the Benz. Mm-hmm. They have a plan over here off to the side of finding their new family SUV, so that is not the point of this debate. They've got that compartmentalized. Curious to know what you end up getting or what you're mm-hmm. thinking about. But what he needs help with is, you know, what he should get next. What on earth? He's got the hard cap at 18000 and he says tax, title, license, That's everything. out the door. Yep. The requirements list. Manual transmission, safe and roomy enough for their baby seat. Okay. Fun in capital mm-hmm. letters. Yep. And reliable. He was thinking possibly a 2017 Civic Si or 2015 or newer GTI. He's not sure how we will like the power difference in the SI or if the baby seat will fit entirely and safely in either one. <laughs> so what other options are out there? Okay. I backed off from my 18. I, I saw 18, Destin. I thought, 18 to work with. I'm going to go 20. Oh, wait. Tax title all in. Yep. I got to back door. off to like 15, 16. Yep. Yep. It's and that's hard. still probably a little high. Mm-hmm. Now, as you're all probably thinking, a 2015 Subaru WRX with 48,000 miles is staring us all in the face. <laughs> it is It is on this list. You're right. It, it, you can't, let's not, let's not ignore it. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, well, I'm going to play around. How about a 2010 Mazda RX-8 R3 with 20,000 miles for 17 grand? No, probably yeah, not. I'm going to go with Fun, no. but probably not what you need. So then I went back and checked. And just like last time, the internet melted down after I recommended a certified 2019 Toyota Corolla XSE hatch. Yes. Found you one with 34,000 miles, even Look though it you. is white. $16,952 at AutoNation in Winter Park, Florida. Wow. Look at you. So that means you can get that 2019 XSE okay. with a manual. Okay. Higher mileage, but it's a Corolla. It's going to run to 340 million miles. Yeah, that's good. Sixteen nine, which look means at you. Sixteen, they'll let you have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at you. Interesting. Okay, so I kept going, and I thought years ago I had recommended the 2014 Buick Regal GS. Mm. Found one with fifty-seven thousand miles in that bright orangey red. Only thirteen grand. Huh. Manual, turbo, safe, roomy, fun. Eh. More fun than you expect. <laughs> that honestly, that's the that's that's what that car is. It's more fun than you expect. Try telling that to their marketing people. <laughs> well, okay. I, about building a marketing brief, I'm telling reality here, yeah. But I came back around, Destin, to a 2016 Mazda 6 Touring, 42,000 miles, mm. manual, for 15.7, which means oh, wow. you could probably get it for 15. That leaves you about three grand for tax title license. Sure, sure. Hopefully something like that works. I kind of like the Toyota Corolla for you, and any of these cars are not going to be near the power and fun that you're used to with that Focus ST. It ju- they just aren't. Yeah. You're used to that, but we've got your daughter to, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the babysit yeah. to throw into the mix. You've got kind of new priorities. So backing off the Focus ST, getting some money for it, you don't have to sell it. That's not a requirement, but if, you, you know, you're kind of at that stage where you think, I could probably get some money for it. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. do it. And you can still get in something newer, not as much power, but still, I think any of these would be <laughs> define fun in every category. They're all, they're all going to be a little bit different kind of fun, but they're yeah. going to be fun in yeah, their yeah. own way. I see that. I, I for promise. Sure. <laughs> back, back away, back Selling away, back away. Got it. Cars. Yeah. That's very funny. It's very funny. All right. All right. Well, Destin, I've got a couple for you. First, let me stop real, real quick. 
there's nothing wrong with the Civic SI or the GTI in this discussion. Oh, Both of not. them would have yeah. plenty of space for a, a rear child seat. Why not? They have good manual transmissions. You would enjoy it. I actually think if you're going to go back on your GTI, what about a Mark VI Golf R? Those oh. are in your price range. You're and talking 2012, 2013? The, whatever the Mark VI one was that we drove. I'm, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank on the, on sure. the range range. It's similar to your Focus ST, but I think that's, that's really a worthwhile, fun car that you get in a manual and enjoy yourself. And, again, the GTI is one of those cars. It's not as good as the Honda Fit in Space, but it's in that category. It, hmm. where you just can't believe how much space they figured out in this thing. They did a really good job with that hatch in every generation. So there's plenty of, of kids' space in that. Granted, you're going to have enormous things that are very brightly colored plastic that will also have to go in the car. I know this as well. Ah, yes. So they'll have to be all of that. So anyway, you could have uh, you could have spit up on the tartan seats. Just I'm just throwing out a vision huh. here. I'm just having a vision of, of that. Yeah, anyway. visual guy. And, and you might not be able to find it anymore. Who knows? Anyway, side note. But by the way, get a dog. They clean up after. Forget it. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so GTI would be fine. Uh, Golf R might even work here. There's nothing wrong with the Civic Si. All of these are good choices, and would have enough space. I, I, but except for the fact that you did say Civic Si Coupe, and I went, no, no, don't do that. I mean, if you're if you're worried, look, I would say 86 because you can you can baby an 86, but sure. The problem is climbing in and out of that back seat with a car seat, especially if you have the big one with missiles and all of that. It's much more difficult in a coupe shape. Hmm. So if you're really shopping for kid-friendly, you need to do four doors. You can make the other hmm. work. I've done it. Many have done it. So I fully back that play. But I sense you shopping as a dad here. So, okay, I think the Civic Si, good. The coupe, let's go with, let's go with the sedan. So there's that. While we're here, I have two others. First off, you mentioned in passing here that what you're really trying to shop for is the family SUV. And in the next sentence, you mentioned, I'm looking for something with a manual transmission. (laughs) I know we're not talking about the same car here, but while I'm there, you can afford a base V6 Porsche Cayenne with a six-speed manual. That's really good. They're just hard to find. They are hard to find. But now you've done all of it. You got yourself the family SUV with the manual transmission. I didn't really solve your problem, but I just thought those different things stuck out in your email, and I went, I have a car for that too. So, yeah. That's great. But the last one I want to put out here that you really should drive, Mini Cooper or Clubman? Sure. Fun. Available. Tons of them out there. Manual transmission. Need the Clubman for the four doors, though, for the, the baby seat, With right? the little extra doors, unless you're going to fight the coupe thing. The, 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 I thought of it because you mentioned this, the SI coupe, and I actually thought that's easier to get into than the SI coupe. So it's out there. Okay? You could do mm. Clubman. You could do Countryman. I think you're getting a little big now, but now you are into four doors in the Mini family and it has the little Mini quirkiness. But I did think shop Minis while you're there. Give them a drive. See what you think. The weather's changing, but the sun is still out, and it's baking your car's interior. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Jump into questions here on social media. Starting with Steve Manzov's question on Facebook, what is the best combination of performance and cloud-like highway cruiser comfort? Does that exist? Is it an oxymoron? Very curious where you went with this, because I have one too. It is the 2005 Maserati Quattroporte. 
<laughs> Indeed, it exists. It's the best ride I've ever felt, as a matter of fact. Some bumps on expansion joints over highway bridges upset the Cayman. They upset the Expedition. And then I've I've kind of you know clenched when mm-hmm. I'm coming to the Maserati, and it's the least big deal I've ever felt. It's got a long wheelbase, a skyhook <laughs> suspension, but then it's a mid-engine car, and therefore it does actually handle pretty well. The the Phaeton rides better than the Maserati, but it can't begin to spin like the Maserati can. It doesn't have anything yeah. close to anything resembling handling. I see where you so went. That's the, that's that is the very trade-off. funny. I have a modern example that will surprise you. It's modern. Uh, well, okay. I have a you could buy a new one right now example. Okay, but it's really good. I really do like this this question. Here's my thought on it. The short answer is anything with MagnaRide, but the more specific sure, answer sure. is a Corvette C7. Oh, interesting. Every time yeah. we drove a Corvette C7 with the MagnaRide, when we were commuting across Los Angeles in that car and we put it on comfort mode, it is one of the more comfortable cars I've ever been in to just blast along. Sure, I can see that. I mean, that. sure, it's kind of loud because it's still a sports car, but as far as just comfort, seats are good, comfortable, you aren't getting beat up, let's just blast. Let's, let's just keep out of this state into the next. Let's just keep driving across country. You could do that. But the minute hmm. we got to a serious shoot road, you crank that Magna ride down, it's a totally different car. It is. Okay, well, how about the Civic Type R then? That could be in that category. It's got a yeah, comfortable it, it does, ride. It does well. It does. I think, but I don't think it's as comfortable. But it's much more comfortable than you expect when you get in. That Certainly car. not as the yeah. Corvette or anything MagnaRide equipped. But it's still impressive and shocking. I, think, I agree with that. No, totally. Honda, Absolutely. Yep. With twenty-inch wheels and tires, and wow, it's comfortable. for sure. For sure. All right, what do you got? Uh, so many good ones on here. Rescue Rescue Pet Motorsports says, "Hang on, hang on." He's looking at the new price of the new We're All Excited Cayman with the six-cylinder back and going, isn't it much, much – I hear him ranting. I hear you <laughs> ranting. Isn't it much smarter to just buy an old Elise or an old Cayman GTS and just spend real money? Mm-hmm. And, and who is this for? Look, what we're hoping here – and I already said it. I think the current four-cylinders are going to drop. The Elise is for a special, special buyer, myself included. It's not for everyone. Uh, look, think of it this way. It's good. There's going to be Porsche for everyone because people are going to go out and buy the new flat six, and the four cylinders are going to drop, and so everybody can have a Cayman. It's win-win. Don't, you don't need to rant. It's okay. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. Over here, Open Mic Knight says, do we know why car companies release sales numbers? Are they mandated to? Mm. Most other industries keep sales numbers private. You're right. Most car companies are publicly traded. So in that sense, I don't know if it's a particular mandate or not. If you know that for sure, please write to me. But for the most part, it's it, it's fodder for a marketing brief, for a press release to talk about, hey, here's our sales figures. Things went up. Look how good we're doing. Look, this particular mm-hmm. model that we're trying to push. Look, the first year sales were this and it's gone up and we expect better sales and it's a 19% increase in a... <sighs> okay, but it's a press release, and it gets positive news out there. Obviously, you don't want a sales decline, but you got to take the good with the bad, I suppose. Yeah. But many times, it's just part of doing business for car companies that they want to release sales figures, and they want to compare to last year, and then they're publicly traded anyway, so a lot of the financial mm-hmm. data is going to be open anyway. So it's a number of factors, and again, if there's additional ones that I'm forgetting, please write. Lance J. Roberts wrote in on Facebook with a question that is a rabbit hole question, but I'm going to see if I can navigate this. He has a friend who just bought a brand new BMW <laughs> M2 Competition. Saw this. 
and his friend wants to get it tuned to get an extra free 50 horsepower. By the way, no horsepower is free. It probably makes something break down the line. I'm just putting it out there. He also wants to do lowering springs and change the suspension for track use. And he's saying, please help me, help my friend. I need to talk him out of this. Hmm. Or he, but then he asked, spins the question around and goes, hang on, wait a minute. Am I missing something? Is aftermarket suspension that much better for track use? Let me unpack this a couple of ways. First off, uh, Lance and your friend with the M2, we just drove. It's, it's episode one of season six. Yeah. Supra M2 competition in Cayman. The M2 competition is very impressive. The concern that I have here, or the big question that I have is, how much is this car getting tracked? That's, I think, the biggest question here. Yeah. What if are you doing? If its primary yeah. use is track use, yes, you can take the suspension that came from the factory and you can make it more track worthy. But you're sacrificing its daily use. And you can True. get adjustable coil levers. You can do all of that. And, and you can kind of try to blur the line, okay? Sure. Yeah. But ultimately, that car is set up to be a I do everything. And if you focus it for track, it will do the daily stuff less well. So that's my concern there. What I think your friend should do is go crazy with tires. Hmm. I'm wondering if the reason for the suspension change is I want better handling. And I'm wondering if it'd be solved by better tires. Get a second set of rims. Get some actual focused track tires. Don't touch the suspension. Drive it like that for a while and then go, what do I need? I love that. I'm always about the driver upgrade, too. Because, Lance, what if your friend could, say, get a better lap time with better suspension? But what if some better driver could mm. do the same thing or better on the stock suspension? That's a little embarrassing. And I think he's bound to do better on dedicated track tires with no suspension changes than the other way around. The tires he's got on it and changes the suspension, I bet you there's more time to be found with the tires and more enjoyment and, and grip to be found. I agree. Plus, those cars are very sensitive to any little thing you do, so you have to do it very, very right. You can't just throw parts at that car. It's already finely tuned. It's right on the edge from the factory. So I would say be careful, but uh, yeah, let us know how it goes. All right, Danny Bond says, the news is out that the new Toyota 86 will be the GR86 and have a power bump. If the power bump feels similar to the bump the Miata got, <laughs> will I finally love the car? Probably. <laughs> yes. I'll go with yes. I, if yes. They, if they re Look, there was, a, there was a terrible, we're into full speculation round here. There was a round of uh, mock-up pictures mm -hmm. and mock-up specs that came out this past week. If that car looks like that and has those specs, I am going to try to buy a new one <laughs> just to encourage them to do that. Yeah. And look, every yes. GR car from Toyota right now has been quite fascinating. So let's hope so, but I am. this is not me holding my breath, by the way. <laughs> All right. Uh, so many good ones. Blay it. Blade Silver Grand Sport said, if you wanted to get a Porsche for a 16-year-old driver, what would you choose? He said, I'm, I'm right now, I'm not, I'm not stressing the insurance. He's just saying, what would be safe, reliable, cool, and deal with a budget of $25,000 for a 16-year-old driver? Mm. My first thought, and again, insurance is the really horrifying part of this, but I'll let you worry about that. My first thought is Cayenne. Oh. Cayenne. Interesting. Okay. It's, it, you do all of the you, – you back off from the, the edge of Porsche, <laughs> but you get modern, and it's still dynamic and fun and Cayenne is my first thought. Beyond that, I would say to you, get a mid-2000s base Boxster or Cayman mm. because they're modern enough in tech. They're absolutely available for your price point. 
And because they're the base model, they're not crazy fast, but the dynamics are still there. Hmm. I think it's a base okay. one of those. Okay. Over here on Twitter, Detached Garage said, what electric vehicle, what EV are we most excited for in 2020? Definitely the Taycan. Mm-hmm. Taycan's top of the list. I'm intrigued by the e-tron, but the Taycan is way up there. Honestly, driving a, a good range is interests me completely, but uh, but yeah, for sure, the Taycan. And then Jay Brimers asks our thoughts on the Genesis GV80 design that just got released. That mm-hmm. is their brand new huge luxury SUV. You'll notice the G90 is their big sedan, and then the mm-hmm. GV series designates the SUV. I think it's it's going to be well executed. I like what they're thinking about. I can see their mm-hmm. thinking, but I feel like it's looking too far backwards, and the the very dual straight lines that define the headlights and the taillights, even though technologically advanced, I think they're two eighties. Hmm. I think they've gone okay. kind of okay. the wrong direction. I, I think this could have been an, an interesting way to introduce new creative shapes and really differentiate that Genesis brand rather than just, and I know I've said, you know, longer, flatter horizontal mm-hmm. lines denote luxury length Smooth yeah, yeah, cruising, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Whereas sports cars are short and compact and all that stuff. Okay, okay. But the the back end looks weak to my eye. It doesn't look fully resolved. I would I would try different headlight and taillight shapes. You've got the tech to be able to do it, not just two straight lines that just look like a tuning fork. I'm not convinced. We found a candidate for your new design show. We found one right there. <laughs> uh oh. Take those, okay. those headlights okay. and taillights and fix them. M. Perker on uh, Instagram says, okay, we have talked a lot about how letting your car warm up, warm up in winter is not as necessary as we often think. You mm-hmm. just start it, start driving it, et cetera. But his question is, what about the transmission? Because he had an experience where it was negative 10 degrees and he got in and he could barely move his clutch pedal and it felt like everything was frozen until things warmed up. What What is going on here? <laughs> I have had this experience a few times. I, I totally agree with you here. One of the reasons that I have often warmed up cars in the modern t- in my, my recent past, I'm going back to the Sabaru. The Sabaru, the, I, it used to get cold enough when I had the Sabaru that the I had troubles turning the wheel. because really? the. <laughs> Because even the hydraulic fluid of the of the steering system, everybody everybody was sluggish. It's really super cold. Really, I have to give it a couple minutes. But yeah, I mean the the clutch on that. The mini was the same way. The mini until it warmed up. I'm talking these really major negatives days. Okay, no until kidding. it warmed up, the shifter was just you were fighting it a bit because all the fluids just sluggish. Everything sluggish. Okay, <laughs> so that is a real thing. I'll go to the extreme example. Is this Lancer that is now. RIP, but somebody's going to buy it. Actually, I've got a few people that are that are vying to buy it and put an engine in it, which is cool. The Lancer had a self-protection mechanism on these really cold mornings. I would start it up, and the transmission, you know, it has the P through whatever, P through D, right? It wouldn't even light up that there was an option, and it wouldn't come really? out of gear until the car got warm enough. I started putting an engine block heater on the underside, and then I never had a problem again. But the first few months I had it, I had a couple days when I couldn't get the car to move until it warmed up because it would self-protect the transmission, and until the fluid got warm enough, it would not let you shift out of park. This is a real thing, and in extreme cold, that transmission fluid is going to be glue, so do be careful in that regard. 
A couple more quick ones from Jeremy Homrich asking if he's crazy for wanting to trade in his 2011 Mustang GT for a GT350 after he finishes work on his Ford F-150 Lightning. (laughs) No, you're crazy for not wanting to trade in your GT for a GT350 before you finish work on the Ford (laughs) F-150. Thank you for playing. Glad to have you here. (laughs) There's also another question from Thomas G22, who accidentally picked soft touch for his car wash today. Should he just scrap the car altogether? Yeah, you're hosed. (laughs) You're hosed, buddy. (laughs) Just dump it just actually leave it by the side of the road something will happen Meanwhile, somebody will pick it up i went through a car wash today was perfectly happy about it uh, james harrison asked me if uh, if i'm getting a veloster in we keep talking about it should i just get a veloster in to replace the lancer would i sell the lotus and the lancer to fund a veloster in no i would not no i would not uh, i i actually would consider i would i'm just throwing it out there would consider getting rid of the lotus to have an rf until the new 86 comes out because I'm okay. just realizing, bidding on that, that RF recently reminded me again, I am just obsessed with light cars. Yeah. I just want to stay oh. below 3,000 pounds. And so all of those cars check it. those boxes, and the lighter the better. So that's what's got me kind of intrigued. But at the moment, I have a Lotus that is doing nothing but looking beautiful in my garage. I have a Lancer that is doing nothing because it needs an engine. <laughs> so I am driving the Phaeton, and the Phaeton is immune to all weather. Mm. It just runs, which is very cool right now, by the way. Uh, there's stuff that doesn't work, but by and large, it just runs. Richard G. is asking about doing the next film. He's watched both the Porsche one, and he absolutely loved the Corvette film. Thank you, Richard. Really appreciate it. And uh, by the way, have you seen the M3, all the generations of the M3, and then our two adventure films as well? Have we considered doing a film about off-roaders with lots of legacy, like Land mm. Cruiser or Jeep? Thoughts crossed our mind, as a matter of fact, and the next film we do really needs to be uh, you know, more all-encompassing, a real stretch, and really something that resonates with buyers. But I think something that is, you know, we, we've tossed all kinds of exotic ideas around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've had one crazy idea that would take us to the side of the globe. Yes, which is a very cool idea as well. <clears throat> yes. And uh, good luck if you can guess that one. But uh, before we even do that, I mean, we've got to carve out time because, of mm-hmm. course, you know, TV is a priority for us and uh, keeping the podcast going consistently too. So, it's possible. It's possible. I would just have to ask you, that seems to be even more niche. Mm. We want to have enough of a broad audience. I mean, 9-11s mm-hmm. as cool and known as they are, still kind of niche. You're right. In a weird right. way. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So we want it to be broad enough. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jeep is. Maybe Land Cruiser was a step under that or something. But I also I think that there's a, there's a level of love and obsession there that we could quickly get on the wrong side of. Do you, yeah, possibly. Because any time we venture toward trucks and off-roading, uh, there are people that really love trucks and off-roading that are quick to tell us how we did it wrong. Yeah. That exists as well. Yeah, but we, we are looking at feature film ideas. I'd love to do something in 2020. I say that having not yet shot it or <laughs> edited it. But in, in idea, I'd love to. Especially with a couple of trips coming uh, coming this way. We will announce pilgrimage, the, the, the firm dates. We will get that uh, Toward you guys, and it's going to be probably August 2020. It's this year. Yep, it's August. Actually, the dates are on the website, but none of the rest of the details oh, that's right. are. And we're the going to have a sign up coming uh, coming very soon because we need to get ahead of it because August is what we're talking about. Guys, we appreciate your questions as usual. As always, keep sending your car debates, your topic Tuesdays. So when you know the series of best of ends, we've still mm-hmm. got topic Tuesday for questions. sure. Yeah, send those in and drop us a line of your car conclusions. We've still got a lot of car conclusions from. All of you listening really appreciate that, and we've got to do that update. So lots to do, but keep your questions coming, and uh, sure, appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.